0: Welcome
1: to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Welcome to the Lovability Podcast, everyone. I am your host, uh, Jennifer Stiers, and I have uh, a couple guests with me today. I'm super excited. Uh, we are, God, this is the last podcast of 2020. Finally, we get to wrap this darn year, Uh, could not be happier and could not be better timing. So uh, happy holidays, everyone. Uh, I would love to introduce my guests Uh, in the studio. uh, I do not have Sidekick Brad here today, but I do have Melissa Plaskoff. She is one of the producers here at On Air Media. Uh, and she's fabulous. She's, uh, she's going to fill in for Brad today and uh, watch social media. So she'll be watching the feed and chatting with us. Uh, Melissa is a woman. She's a mom, uh, and uh, she's going to love the conversation. She has no idea what she's in for. No idea. No idea. <laughs> and uh, my guest today is Re- Rex Romander. And uh, Rex is, uh, he- he's a life coach uh, he's a school teacher. He's a coach at the school. Uh, and he's got four kids. He's a single father of four children. And when I was introduced to Rex, uh, you all are going to see today exactly why I wanted to have him on. He's about to start his own podcast, which I'm excited about. He's got a lot of wisdom to share, uh, but a lot of, of God-given life wisdom that is perfect, perfect perfect to end out the year and kind of roll in the holiday with, with, uh, with just the energy of what he has to talk about. So Rex, uh, thank you for joining us today. Let's see if we can Thanks inter- find you. There you are. Uh, okay. So, uh, so Rex is cozy in his living room. We love technology. It's actually working today. We're so excited. <laughs> uh, okay, Rex. So, uh, You know, the, when we actually were introduced, I mean, I came upon you on social media because of the things that you write about relationships. And so you, you don't write just about relation. You don't write just about specifically relationships. You write about life, uh, and your philosophies are so beautiful and simple and straightforward and real that this is why I wanted to have you on today. So everybody else could benefit from hearing some of the things that y- some of the things that you live by and some advice that you might give as well so uh thank you for joining us um you're out in utah right
2: i am yeah
1: right salt lake city so a lot of people are probably going there for the holidays to ski right <laughs> Isn't that what they do yeah they come visit it is, you.
2: Yeah, we get a lot of skiers out here. It's definitely a, a, a beautiful place to go skiing for sure.
1: Get the heck out of Dallas, right? Uh, so, uh, so you have a new podcast coming up uh, that you're you're starting now, and it's called. Tell me the name again.
2: Oh. <laughs> it's called the Rex Effect.
1: The Rex Effect. Re- Rex knows already that I'm been a little under the weather last week, so I'm still brain recovering. So, uh, the Rex Effect. So, uh, you know. The Rex effect, if you ask me uh, what that is, Rex has an energy about him. Like I said, it's very raw, authentic, real. The reason I wanted him to come on a relationship podcast and talk to all of us today is because he has some really uh, uh, foundational philosophy that I think everybody could benefit from hearing and listening to. You know, Rex, I've been in the relationship business for over 30 years and the one thing that I've always relied on is exactly what you rely on, which is what I love. And that is your intuition. A lot of what you give and you say and what you teach are philosophies that are innate. Like, you know, you didn't go to school to learn them. Um, You didn't, I did, but you didn't. It's just innate, you know, it's just God given. And, and I appreciate that. And the one thing I've always, um, I've always said about you, which is why I wanted to have you on, is you have this philosophy of just be you. Like if there was a saying and there were a t-shirt, if Rex had a t-shirt, it would say <laughs> just be you, wouldn't it?
2: Probably. I'd, I'd probably describe it pretty well.
1: So talk to us a little bit more about what, how that's your whole life philosophy, because it is, because it doesn't matter what we've talked about, whether it's relationship or life oriented. Your, your answer always comes back to, I do me, right? Yeah. Right? We've, we discussed that. Not dirty, everybody, just so we you know. <laughs> <laughs> just so we're clear on that. Um, so, uh, it's, it, it, so, so let's talk about that philosophy of doing, doing yourself and being yourself in life and um, how, that, how that has worked for your message.
2: Yeah. You know, I think that um, the first part of that is actually learning to love yourself. And, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know that I would call what I have now God-given. I would call it experience through trial and error and a lot of reflection, um, you know, going through a lot of different things and then being able to look back on it and learning to ask yourself why. Um, And that's one of those things looking back, like, why did I do certain things and why did I feel this way about myself, especially being a teacher now? right? And you see this all the, kid, all the time. Kids really struggle with learning to love themselves. And once you can learn to truly love yourself is when you can start to not care what anybody else thinks and just go do you, right? And, and, and be happy with it. Because at the end of the day, we're all so different. And the problem is, is we have this perspective of when I look at somebody else, right? I'm going to look at them through my eyes and I want them to be me, so if they think differently than i do right that's weird if they dress differently than i do that's weird if they you know like something different than what i like that's weird and it's this weird thing that we do of looking at people through our eyes and wanting them to be us when in reality they need to go be them and we need to support them in them being them so
1: right you know uh, interestingly enough you mentioned one thing you said you know, it goes back to kids. So here you teach, and I love that you have this background. I've done a lot of work with kids, but I'd love to know what your philosophy is. How, I mean, you, you see it all in the school. How do you teach children? Because I know you do. How do you teach them how to love themselves? I mean, is it catching them in a moment Or is it is it something that you do in the classroom? Is it something that advice that you would give parents? Because at the end of the day, it really does start there. And if I, I mean, as a counselor, I can say that parents, huge responsibility. You've raised four kids. Melissa's got three. You know, what you put in is what you're going to get out of those children. And that role and responsibility as a parent in teaching your child, number one, how to love themselves. And number two, what love is relational too. That is your responsibility Mm -hmm. from a relational standpoint. But how, how do we do that? How do we show kids how to love themselves and what are some things, if people are watching and have children, what are some things that they can do to help nurture that? Because it is a parent's job to nurture that. And if parents don't do that at home and they don't help them along with 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 the wins and what, you know, helping that child understand what what their blessings are and what they're good at and what their gifts are. Uh, then that the, it does it does affect them later on. So how do you how do you deal with that from a teacher standpoint
2: or you know, a parent too? I, I, I wish actually, and, and it's something I've actually visited with our principal about because I would love to pursue getting an actual course with mental health because this is where I feel like kids need this every day. It, it can't be a sometimes thing. It's something that they need repetition with every day to truly learn to love themselves for who they are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I have this conversation with my kids at the beginning of the year of, you know, especially dealing with like social media and all these things, and they're always focused on everything they're not rather than all the amazing things that they are. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard for them sometimes to take that that perspective because they, you know, they look at this small, they look at this small picture of what they're not and they focus on that and that alone and they're missing the whole entire picture of all the great things that they are. Yes. And they focus so hard on that. And yeah. it's so hard to get them to shift their focus off of that. And at the end of the day, you can't be anybody else, right? I'm about 6'2". I can't be 6'8". Right? I'm about 230. I'll never be 175. Right? I have to learn to love me for me. Now, I can always strive to be the best version of me, but that's all I can do. I can't be anybody else. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: there's that, there is that message again. It it never fails. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. It's all about you. There is the message again, being you, you know, and, and I think that's, that is the key too with kids is, and humans, even adults, there's plenty of adults walking around that don't know who they are, but, but it is about, I think so much with children, they're defining themselves through their friends, what, who their friends are, what their friends have, what they don't have, like you said. Uh, and not understanding what their unique ability and gifts are. And it's that feeding that you said, like, it needs to happen every single day. If parents don't give that to their kids and let their kids know what, you know, what their gifts are, and you're so good at this, and you're so smart in this area, and you're so such a great speller, or whatever it may, you know, such a great writer, whatever it may be, that that feeds a child, and it feeds... So it feeds a child into becoming a self-aware adult, right? And so that's, I think that's just so important. The whole I am aspect of knowing who you are. How can somebody be themselves, be you? How do you be you if you don't know who you are? So, um, so it has to be fed somewhere.
2: Well, and, and I think too, I, I see a lot of adults actually struggle with us a lot is people have a hard time being honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. and what you learn is is people will never be honest with other people if they can't first learn how to be honest with themselves
1: absolutely right if they
2: don't value themselves enough to be truly honest with themselves they will never value anybody enough to ever truly be honest with them
0: right yeah i know i just wanted to add that you know you know this right now especially with covid our kids are home or they're learning virtually or they're learning differently and i think it's just really important now more than ever to let their gifts shine. You know, you are being a good friend because, and it may not be about the spelling, but you know, that mental health piece is heightened right now because of our situation. So I think that I, I really appreciate that you're looking into doing some sort of national program because it, it's really important for our children.
2: Oh, for sure. You know, watch, you know, I do junior high age kids and watch them in the schools all they care about is friends 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 social life talking i mean they they literally would talk all day long with their friends it's literally all they care about and it you know it's hard because the teacher aspect of it you you focus on the teaching part of it but you have to kind of sometimes look back and go as a kid what do i remember do i remember that certain lesson that day or what do i you know the things we most remember are the teachers that we liked right that we thought treated us with respect we, we had our friends, right, that we liked, or if we were in sports or whatever it was, most of what we remember the most was actually the social aspect of it, not the, the, the tiny details of every lesson plan that a teacher had for us, you know, so.
1: Rex, that, Rex, that's a really good point. You know, I think that's the one area where so many people miss it is that even if you're speaking to another adult is, is trying to step outside of yourself and, Mm. and go and whether it's going back to remembering what it felt like as a kid, because that, I mean, I know when counseling children, that helps so much is to understand you've got to put yourself back in where they are in the spot in their life, because their world looks very different than the way that we perceive it um, right. but stepping into somebody else's shoes and having that compassion and that empathy that's not they're not us and expecting them to be is never it's it's never going to, to do anything but put pressure on somebody else then that goes for children and it goes for relationships you know you had just mentioned something about that too like relationally where do people go wrong Well, they get in a, it's that whole expectation thing. They get in a relationship and they expect somebody to be them, to, to act like them, to, you know, to, if if they text, they want them to text like they do or call when they would or respond how they would, or if they haven't asked him out, you know, in a certain amount of time, or like there's all these rules that they have (laughs) imposed instead of just going, where is this person? Where are they in their life? And how can I meet that adult, that other busy adult where they are. Do you know what I'm saying? But there's two lives.
2: Well, I see this one all the time, right? Where I meet a a girl that I really like, but as we get to know each other, there's differences and we're not wanting the same things. And that's okay. The problem is, is you see a lot of men start all of a sudden doing or becoming what she's wanting, right? Because he doesn't want to lose her because he really likes her. And the problem is he's not being true to himself because he's not being honest with himself. Of this isn't what I want long term, and but I'm going to turn into whatever it is that she wants and put on what you want to call a mask. If you women
1: will. do that too,
2: yeah. Sure. And so we're going to put on the show of who we think they want us to be, and then eventually you end up together, and then you end up apart again anyway. Yeah, because right? Right? the real just you being shows up with yourself first yeah. again, and it starts because they're not honest with themselves. And so hence they can't be honest with the person they're with.
0: It kind of reminds me of that scene in Runaway Bride <laughs> when she just didn't know how she liked her eggs. <laughs> right. And right. she had to figure it out. She had to say, you yeah. know, how do I like my eggs? And you know what? And it's okay if I don't like them any of these yeah. ways,
1: right? Right. For sure. Yeah, no, that's um that that is so <laughs> so true. And and at the end of the day, you're gonna the real use gonna come out eventually in that relationship. And so and um, that's, that's typically when people say it lasts about six months and then this, they change and, and, and it's not that they changed. It's just that they allowed themselves like the real them. They stopped trying to please and they just started being themselves, which, you know, isn't always, isn't, isn't, isn't always who they were presented, you know, to, to them. So it's so important as Rex said, and as I've said all year long, you've got to know who you are and you've got to show up that way because the right person's going to love you that way. They're going to love you for that. You don't want somebody to love you for who you're not or who you're pretending to be. You want somebody at the end of the day that gets you at your at your most vulnerable and most real. Right, well, if,
2: if, you, if If somebody doesn't want to be with you for who you are, you're not losing someone that doesn't want to be with you. You're mm-hmm. winning the opportunity to be with someone that does.
1: Right, right. No, I love that. Um, so, so we uh, we were talking uh, about um, some of the core. You, you had put a post up the other day about the the core things in a relationship. The three mm-hmm. th- the three fundamental things that you thought every relationship needed to have. Would you mind sharing that? You remember what those were?
2: Uh, yeah, I call them the three pillars. Uh-huh. Um, And again, just from my looking back and and reflecting, um, number one is transparency. Number two is communication, healthy communication. And number three is loyalty. Um, The hard part with transparency, the way I describe transparency is, if you were to ask me a question and I was to answer honestly, right? That would just be me being honest transparency is you not having to have ask the question because I've already discussed it with you. All right. if There's something in a relationship that could create some conflict or could create an issue. We're get, I'm going to have that discussion with you beforehand so that you're well aware of whatever it is that happened. Right. Because I wouldn't want you to find out and be like, "What? what is this? Like I want that transparency, which means you shouldn't have to ask me for
1: it. Right. Right, you know, uh we were talking about the word uh transparency uh, versus uh, honesty. Like so I had the the three pillars for me were a little different, but I I we feel like they were uh pretty connected and and um of course I thought that trust, honesty, uh being one of those, respect is a big one. Uh I don't think I don't think you I think you can love somebody and not respect them. And if you don't respect them, it doesn't matter how much love you have for them. It's really, it makes it really hard to make it work without respect. I don't know, I you,
2: don't know if you can truly love somebody without respect. That's them. what I'm you saying. What I mean?
1: that, yeah, yeah, that's I what I'm saying.
2: Can, I mean, I might like you a lot, but you know, I might find you extremely attractive or something, but someone that truly loves someone respects that person in the process too, so.
1: And, you can lose respect for somebody. That's a that's a hard deal in relationships when people are in a relationship and they lose respect for whatever whatever reason that may be. That's a really hard thing to earn back. It's a really mm-hmm. hard thing to earn back. So don't don't mess it up if you have if you have it. You know that's a it's it's be, being respected is a big responsibility. It's probably the largest responsibility over love in a relationship. So. You don't want to break that trust you don't you 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 just need to protect how somebody views you and who you're being because who you're being in that relationship, whether you're with that person or not with that person, is a direct reflection of you and your character sure. right For sure.
0: and Absolutely. i think I think it's interesting tying the kids back into that right because you know we're telling them to love themselves and we're trying to teach that, but they're watching. Yes. And our children are watching us and in, and we're our job is to lead by example and to show them these things and if we don't do a good job at that they're almost set up for failure because they don't have the right tools in their tool belt.
1: Very true Rex I know you I, you can talk to this all day because this is an important topic we've discussed but Melissa what you have what you've just said is um is paramount. I mean your kids are watching everything. It doesn't matter what you say; it matters what you do. And and the one thing I can say to every single parent out there: you're not pulling anything over on your children. Are they Rex? Because kids no. see everything, they hear everything. They have this <laughs> sixth sense. They know. They know. They will know if a parent if parents aren't getting along. If the parents are, you know, maybe not intimately, you know, because sometimes parents stay together and they're not loving each other and the relationship isn't strong and they're like, oh, we're doing this for the kids. You're doing nothing for the kids except teaching them how to not love and to learn what a relationship shouldn't be or what love shouldn't be. Rex, talk to me and everybody else a little bit more about that because that's important. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you have four kids. I mean, you, you got a divorce. You are co-parenting. You've had to live this. So Talk to yeah. everybody
2: about that. No, and it's, you know, what's funny is you you probably hear more stories than parents would like you to hear <laughs> sometimes from kids. But, um, you know, you just see so many different things that kids are experiencing and going through and the challenges that they have to face, especially with, you know, parents or, or going through divorces or, you know. I had a situation a couple of years ago where a young lady was uh, living with her grandparents because um, her, uh, her dad was in prison and um, her mom had just passed away from a drug overdose and in a hotel room. And so, you know, here you have this young lady that has to come to school with a smile on her face and try to learn that day, you know, and, or that week or that year. And they have their own things going on in their life that are their own challenges, you know. And and so it's paramount for, for parents, especially if you're divorced, to be able to work together the best you can for your kid to help them out. Um, because a lot of times you do. A lot of times you know exactly the kids that are struggling with things at home. You know, they're the ones that are misbehaving a lot of times in the classroom or they're the ones misbehaving.
1: You're going to make me help, cry. Help Stop it. <laughs>
2: I'm a Pisces, so tell me. That. I
1: know you're gonna make me cry. You know it. It is. Um, it is. It is true. And and you. You are. You know. You. You couldn't drive this message home more. You know. Um, which leads me to. I. I so wanted to tell this. I. You're so gonna tell this story because, it's. It's perfect timing for it. And I wanted to do it today anyway because when I first spoke to Rex, we went. Through, we were talking about all kinds of things and we we got into i mean i'm telling you his it's it's he just doesn't it's not all about relationships it's about life and love and being real and he told me the story about bullying which i i'm telling you it is the it's such a great story and it's such a great lesson especially this time of year especially after 2020 some of the things that I mean, people have had to go through and we never know what people are going through in their own life, in their own family, in their own situations. I mean, I I know I've watched the news and we've seen these food lines and they're in nice towns. They're in areas where people don't, you know, normally have to go get a food line. There are people struggling that we don't even know about. And so uh, I asked Rex if he wouldn't mind uh, sharing his story um, which fits in again right here. So uh, why don't we talk about bullying a little bit and just in just be having that compassion and empathy for what may be going on in somebody else's life that we don't know about?
2: Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna make me cry. I know it's um, okay.
1: <laughs> we'll do it together with Melissa. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, one of the very first things at the very beginning of the school year that I always talk to kids about is bullying and harassment, and. One of the first things I tell them is that you have no idea what other kids are going through. And I say this because I've got to see it, right? As a teacher, as someone that's filled in in the administration, you see things that you that you, even as a teacher didn't know kids were going through, right? And so here you have these kids that have no clue what they're going through. And so, you know, geez, I don't even know how long it's been. Probably eight, ten years ago, we had a family that um, they'd lost their home and they were living in a car. And they would come to our school and they would come early in the morning so that they could shower because it was the only opportunity they could. And, you know, I I talked to the kids about this. I said, you know, here you have these kids that are living in a car. that come early to school. They come to school and this should be the one place, right, that they feel safe and that people care about them. And their clothes aren't always the nicest. Right? They might smell a little bit because they haven't been able to wash them. They haven't, Maybe they're wrinkled. And then they get to come to school and they get to get teased and harassed and reminded that their life sucks. And then they get to go home to a car and be reminded that their life sucks even more. And again, these are kids that nobody knows their situation right they don't know that they're going home to a car these other kids are going home to two parents and an xbox and their cell phone and, and they're throwing a fit if they get grounded from their phone and these other kids are worried about what are they going to have to eat for dinner um you know and there's just so many stories you know when i taught in idaho i went into a home to one of my athletes and i was i was blown away i walked in and there was actually mushrooms growing out of the carpet and there was moss growing on the or mold growing on the walls and I was just blown away here you have a single mom trying to raise two kids doing the best she can and we're worried about a cell phone or not getting to go to a friend's house you know and 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 so you just get such a different perspective I mean that's just two stories of a lot of different stories that you experience and, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. It, I appreciate you sharing that. and I appreciate them taking the uh, camera off me while you did.
2: Actually, they left
1: But, you know, again, powerful stories. Like you said, there are so many of those and, you know, more than ever right now, more than ever, we need to love each other. This is about loving each other. I mean, 2020 has been such a crappy year in so many ways. And people are still being crappy to each other in the process. And that's not okay. There's a lot of people struggling right now. There's a lot of people with challenges that they're dealing with. And it's not just from 2020. And although that's certainly exaggerated things, but, but we need to have compassion now more than ever. I mean, we talk about my podcast is about love. This could not be more about love. I mean, I, I, if nothing else, one of the things that 2020 has done is brought everybody home and should have reminded everybody what's important to them and taught us a little bit more understanding, empathy, and compassion for others. Um, I've seen a lot. I have, I, I'm not gonna say that I've just seen ugly because I haven't, um, but that we could, we could definitely use more. So uh, as we wrap up, the year and start to roll in i mean nothing's going to change in 2021 unless we change i mean at at the end of the day we're still moving through with some of the same challenges even with you know the schools and all of that uh, you know closing down in some states and and people's businesses closing and um jobs and all the stuff that we're a lot of that stuff we're carrying into 2021 the only thing we can ensure and have control over is who we're being and yeah. how you know who we're being and right, Rex. I mean, you have anything Absolutely. else to add to that? I'm sure you do.
2: No, I mean, you, you just hit it there. I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking because we can't control other people's actions and behaviors. All we can control is ours, right? How somebody treats you defines their character. How I how I choose to respond defines mine. And you know, it's one of those things where, again, one of the biggest problems we have, and why you see this, is so many people. People that are hurting within seek to hurt without. And so the reason you have so many people that are hurtful towards other people is because they don't truly love themselves because they're hurting within, right? And and it's, it's really when you truly start to love yourself that you can start loving other people and it starts there, you know? So uh, again, you can't control that. Everybody has to want to do that for themselves, right? But that's really where it has to begin. If people want to start loving everybody and caring about everybody starts with themselves first
1: thank you it's a great reminder i know you're 100 percent right you know so here i am and obviously this is what i do for a living so i teach it but i i look at somebody like yourself and you know you don't have the this big psychological background it's not it's not you know something that it, you're living it though and you i think you had I think you had a life-changing moment, I think, with your marriage. I mean, obviously, is this is who you've always been. But what woke you up and what made you start living so honestly? Because not everybody does. I think there's pe- there, and especially, Rex, I think you can talk to some of the guys that might be listening that may be afraid to show their vulnerability a little bit. I mean, here you are, clearly a man, you know, and and masculine, yet able to express your feelings and emotions and it's okay. And it's, you know, and it, it's, it, it, it's okay. How does, how, because it's a commendable. So how does somebody get there? How did you get there and how could you help somebody else or, and I'm, it's not just men, but anybody that might be watching that says, I want to live more authentically and be more true to myself. Cause you, you obviously had a journey there.
2: Yeah, you know, one of the things that I've learned is that people don't change until they see the necessity to to change because they recognize what not changing is doing to them. Right. Um, you know, and that's the biggest thing is is it sometimes it takes a life altering thing that happens to you to go, I don't want to do this anymore, right? Or I don't want to be this person or I want to be better. And in a lot of ways my divorce kind of set that up for me, right? And um you kind of, I didn't want the divorce, right? I blamed her for the divorce. And as time went on, I, would, I was single for, I was married for 12 years. I was single for one, and then I was with someone for six. Well, at the end of the six-year relationship, I felt c- completely unwanted for about the last year. And right as soon as it ended, something hit me of like, oh my gosh, like that's how I made my ex-wife feel. Like, no wonder she wanted a divorce. I wasn't giving her what she needed. So here all this time I was blaming her for the divorce. And now all of a sudden something hits me that goes, no, it was, it was you, right? That you're the one that made her want to feel wanted from some, from somebody else because you're not doing your job. And there was other aspects of that too. It's funny when I went through my divorce and I didn't want it, I was like, well, what can I do? To get her to want to change her mind. What can I get her to do to not want to go through the divorce? And so I thought, well, maybe if I have her read a book. And so I started researching books. Well, there was one where I could subscribe to a newsletter. And it says, and so the very first email I get says, do not purchase this book with the intent to have your partner read it. And I was <laughs> totally busted, right? I was totally being manipulative. And and when I so of course it draws me in and I want to order this book. So I get this book and So I start reading it and about chapter three or four, it starts to really hit home. And I had two highlighters and one was yellow. So every time I read something, I was like, oh my gosh, that's totally her. Right. And at the time you're mad and angry. And so I'm bold highlighting that's totally her. And then you're reading like, okay, yeah, that was me. And so then I'd highlight an in orange. Well, by the time I was done with the book, what I realized there was far more orange than there was yellow. And it really gives you a good self-reflection going oh my gosh like i wasn't doing these things that i should have been doing all along and you know so there's just different aspects one of the best things i ever learned to do was ask myself why why do i respond that way why did i feel that way why did i you know i I really learned to ask myself why a lot and i didn't want to you don't want to keep going through a relationship after relationship eventually we had a point where you're like i want one to work right? Mm -hmm. Because you start, you do start to go through a feeling of like, what's wrong with me? And, you know, and so you really do start to take kind of a deep dive into yourself of like, what is it that someone wouldn't be attracted to me or be drawn to me? What, what are my negatives and what can I do to improve those things?
1: You know, I, uh, I, I love that because I think what people do is they fly through and they don't, they don't want to look at that. They don't want to look at the why because they're afraid the why is going to hurt. You know, they're afraid the why is going to be painful. And it it isn't always painful. I mean, when you realized it, it wasn't painful. It was just eye-opening. It was just revealing and it just changed your life and relationships forever and who you who you were and how you showed up. It, it didn't hurt though, did it?
2: In the moment it did, for okay. sure. I mean, in the moment I was... I was devastated, right? But it's one of those things that we talk about Of in that moment, I'm looking at the tiny window. Right. I have so many other things going on in my life to be thankful for and grateful for and, and that are going in a positive direction for me. But when you're in the middle of a divorce, especially involving kids, you're stuck on that tiny window. I remember driving to work and I don't even remember how I got there because all I could think about was that. And then, you know, after years later of being able to reflect back on it, you realize all the amazing opportunities and things that have happened in your life. You know, my my ex-wife found an amazing guy and she deserved that. She deserves somebody that truly loved her. And I deserve to find somebody that I truly love too, Mm -hmm. right? In the end of it all. And it's one of those things where you're just, your perspectives change and you're appreciative of what you went through rather than bitter and angry and upset about what you went through.
0: Can I ask you a question? Yeah, I do too. And I have a question about that too.
1: Yeah. And so, and I want Melissa to ask her question, but the question I have is, you know, you wake up one day and you're like, I didn't love that person. Like you said that, I mean, I know, I know that part of the story that you're like, well, I don't know that I ever loved her. Uh, and there's, there's that question always, you know, do we grow apart? if we're in that relationship, do we grow apart and, and learn, and stop loving each other? Or do we ever, was it ever that we maybe just didn't love each other in the first place? And I think it's, I think the answer is it's all, it's, you know, some of the above for each and each case is different. But if you are in that place, Rex, I mean, could you have, if you didn't, if you realize that it wasn't your person, because everybody's got their person, that wasn't your person, how do you I mean, do you try to make it work for the kids? Like what's that how does that decision work there at that point?
2: Well, and I think mine's a little different because, you know, I was married at 19 and we had a child first and I had two kids by the time I was 21. So in a lot of in a lot of aspects, I was learning how to be an adult. I was learning how to be a husband. I was learning how to be a father, right? And you didn't you didn't have kind of maturity before it all began to really truly get to know each other and 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 really get to spend a lot of time together you're kind of in that young puppy love stage when you're when you're younger um you know but it's one of those things where the other thing i realized was what i was in love with was the aspect of family i had my kids i had my family i had my career right i had all the i had that american dream if you want to call it that she wasn't having everything that she deserved to have from me and i was getting that from her so i was being fulfilled completely with everything that i wanted but she wasn't on her end and and one other thing that i realized with that was is sometimes people don't want to know the truth right when she's complaining to me about what she needs sometimes you don't want to hear it because it would require you to change and you don't want to change because selfishly you have everything exactly how you want it. Right. And so I had everything the way I wanted it. I was happy. I didn't want to change. I didn't want anything to change. I had it exactly where I wanted to be, but she wasn't getting what she needed from me.
1: But relationally, me. were you getting what you needed?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean that wasn't she was great to me. She would always tell me she loved me. You know, she always wanted to be with me. It was it was never an issue that got it. I wasn't reciprocating that to her. Got
0: it, Melissa? Did yeah, you have a question? and we have a comment also. But um, question first: How do you, how can you show so much grace for your wife's new husband?
2: I got to see how much he improved her life and my children's life. Why on earth would a man want their ex-wife to remain single, struggling financially, which means your kids are struggling, which puts more burden on you, right? And then to have another man come into your home, treat your kids with respect, treat your ex-wife with respect, treat you with respect, and help out financially, which improves all of their lives. Why on earth would I wish ill will upon that or want anything different?
1: And if you love somebody... Even though you may not be with them anymore, divorce or not, you always love them. Like love is love. You mm-hmm. always, there's a piece of you that always will love them. And they're the, the she's the mother of your children. Uh, even if you didn't have kids, there's still that love, that base of love there. Mm-hmm. So if you love them and if you ever love them, you would want them to be happy. And if they're happy, you, right? What more could know you, you want for them?
2: That. Sorry. You know, what's funny with that is... What's sad is every time a relationship ends, the focal point is always on the last part of it. Yes. Right? It's how it ended. It's always, the, it's always the focal point. Well, somewhere in between there, there was happiness. There was love. There was kindness. Somewhere in between there, in the beginning of there, there was a lot of other things too. So just because it ended doesn't mean it has to be someone's the bad guy. Right? Or right. this person's terrible or whatever else it is. Sometimes maybe that relationship needed to end because it wasn't what it needed to be so that both of you could find something that was much better.
1: Right. You know. But. Well, we, and, and we never know. And you, you are so right. And all of the, all of your points and, uh, you know, I just, uh, of course we're, we're streaming this on my Facebook, but I just put a post up about that the other day about how people so much focus on the ending Instead of looking at what it gave you, because every relationship brings something to you. Every relationship has gifts it brings you. It teaches you. Sometimes it teaches you what you don't want. Um, It also shows you things that you do because there's, regardless of how bad it may have been, there's always redeeming qualities that made you stay or made you attracted in the first place. So it's always a matter of looking at what what you got, what you didn't get. What you want, what you didn't want. And they're all stepping stones. If you allow that growth, whether it's it's gonna hurt a little bit or it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be uncomfortable a little bit to look at it, it's always worth the time and the energy you put into examining that because you're preparing yourself for the right person. You're preparing yourself for the right relationship. And all of this are all of these things are stepping stones.
2: Well, and, and I think too what does it do you anything going forward to be to be negative to be upset to be bothered it does you literally nothing other than hinder yourself going forward Mm -hmm. um my you know my ex-wife i love her like a sister i talk to her more on the phone than i do my own family um i'm so appreciative because you know i have my degree and i'm a teacher and i would never have gotten to that point without her help she's the mother of my children and there's so many things she's done to help me with the kids you know, even the gal I was with for six years, you know, she brought me out of the toughest time I'd ever been in my life. And, um, you know, always be appreciative of that. She was a stay at home mom to We had a family of six and she did a lot of the cooking and cleaning and things like that. And helped me be raised children. And so I'll always be appreciative of her for what she brought into my life at that time. And again, it always sucks when a relationship ends, it's never fun. Um, but at the end of the day, like, it doesn't mean I dislike them or, or, can't look back and be appreciative of, of aspects that they brought to my life.
1: I love that. Well, you know, here, uh, here we are. We, we definitely are having to wrap up our time. Uh, I, I want to encourage people because I feel like well, you're about to start your own podcast again. I'm super excited about that. I think what you're going to find with Rex and his podcast is he's got a lot of stories. Um, he he's he's going to be talking to a lot of different people. He's got a lot of really cool, heartfelt, life changing stories, and I'm going to support watching your podcast. And uh, and I am. I'm, I feel just blessed that you're here and that in this world, we all found each other so that we could we could share more good messages of love and hope and joy and, and uh, empathy and compassion and all the things uh, that you stand for, Rex. Um, I, I appreciate you. And, you know, ladies and gents, We didn't get a lot into relationships today, but he does share good relationship advice also some days. He doesn't do it every day. It's not always relational, but it's very, uh, it's very down to earth, very common sense, very foundational. Uh, I relate well to him because we, I, 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 think the same and I can relate to what he's saying. And and it's refreshing for me to see somebody not fluffing it up, not trying to sell something, but just trying to tell the truth. And so I love your messages are real and authentic and awesome. And I wish you the best of luck with your podcast. And we'll have to uh, visit you again down the road and uh, talk more stories and, and, uh, as, as 2021 rolls in. So, uh, you all, if you, uh, would like to listen to the podcast, Uh, or if you haven't subscribed, uh, it's Lovability and it's on every, it's Apple, Spotify, you name it. And, uh, and then Rex is called the Rex effect and I'll share the link on my page on my Facebook page. Uh, also, uh, we're rounding the end of the year. We're getting into the busiest dating season of the year. So let's not forget that January is coming up. So if you haven't joined my database at lovegen.com, you need to do so. Uh, and, uh, let's get rolling for the new year. We've got some really cool projects that I can't tell you about yet, but you're going to see in January. 2021 is going to be a great year, everybody, and we're going to make it that consciously. Uh, Rex, anything you'd like to wrap up with uh, before I I say goodbye?
2: No, I just want to say thanks for the opportunity. Love being on here. And, um, you know, the the big thing with my podcast is my goal is to hopefully help anybody that's struggling, hurting. That's kind of been my newfound passion. Uh, I've been there, right? I've been at my all time low. And, I know what that's like, and I want to be able to help people that are in that and be able to help them find their way out of it. So thanks so much.
1: You are awesome. Your heart is huge, and we appreciate you. So uh, Merry Christmas uh, and Happy Holidays, everybody. And uh, we will see you uh, next week. We'll see you next week.
2: Thank you. See ya.